What up, what up, what up? Greetings from Earth. This is not your leader. My name is Wack Ops. How you doing? I just want to get all the fun, cool news out of the way before we sink our teeth into what's going to be our main story. Uh, I do want to also give just a, a general trigger warning. Any young viewers, I suggest you not listen to the trigger warning topic this week. Anybody who's been a victim or might be triggered by topics such as assault and harassment. So with that being said, uh, let's jump into the news and then we're going to get into all the Activision stuff. So first things first, we got EA Play live. Now I know I was out last week. I took a vacation, uh, first vacation in like seven years. So um, it's been a it's been a long, long time since I've been able to get away from it. So I was a week late on this EA Play Live, but I remember thinking, okay, there's no skate. We know that. There's no Star Wars going to be shown. We know that. And Bioware also made a statement saying they're not going to be making an appearance. So that means no Dragon Age. Um, that also means no Mass Effect stuff. So what did we have left? Basically, what we had left was uh, Battlefield 2042, which I think was well worth your time if you haven't been able to check it out. And we also got Dead Space. Now, Dead Space is said to be next-gen only, which was really big news um, because all of us have been wanting more next-gen titles that are dedicated to make the most use of this new hardware, right? So let's talk about Battlefield 2042 first. One, I love their trailer for their new portal, which essentially lets you make your own game mode and completely sandbox it out. Your own rule sets, your own vehicles, whatever you want to put in from a litany of their different titles throughout the years, whether it be Battlefield 1 all the way through 5, etc., etc. I think that's really cool, uh, especially with the weather element. Let's see how that pulls off, because I have to say that seems like it's going to cause trouble on last-gen consoles, for sure. If nothing else, it might just be game-breaking and kind of ruin the strategic nature of any given match. But I'm excited. The, the sandbox nature of it, I think, allows to appeal to a lot of Call of Duty players, quite frankly, who've been asking for something a little bit more arcade-like in their gameplay, or at least as an option. That's not to say there isn't any arcade-like elements in the Call of Duty series, but I would say that Battlefield is definitely trying to put some paint where it ain't, given how saturated the market is for uh, first-person shooters. I'm on the market, personally, for a new mainstay first-person shooter, so who knows? Maybe Battlefield will get my money. But it is a $70 game for only multiplayer, so... We'll have to find out. Next, Dead Space. Of course, as I've already mentioned, a lot of hype behind this one. We already knew it was kind of coming. The rumors, we've been talking about them for multiple weeks now. But this Dead Space remake really has to hit the nail on the head. Now, the, the actual video we got was just a cinematic teaser trailer. We don't even have any kind of release window. Um, but my guess is it's pretty far off. I would anticipate maybe 2023 possibly even 2024. I wouldn't be surprised if they went ahead and started deciding these things maybe just before uh, Mass Effect trilogy launched, or maybe right after. I think it's entirely possible that this is a reaction to what they think is a market for remakes. 
from games that came out from let's say 2006 to 2014 i think everybody is taking advantage of that right now that's why we've even heard rumors of a last of us one remake or things of that nature games that play perfectly well now um but i guess people want new content so we'll see hopefully this will give some life coincidentally to dead space I would really like to see this franchise be fleshed out, this whole universe be fleshed out into, a, you know, a sprawling narrative. But we'll see. They have to succeed with this first next attempt, I guess, at the franchise. So what other news did we have this week? We got a Halo Infinite showcase. We got two showcases this week. Another one I'm going to get to in a second. But the Halo Infinite showcase, I think, was super important, even if it wasn't all that entertaining. If you missed it, it was a technical demo, um, which means they showed off about, I would say about six minutes, four to six minutes of multiplayer gameplay, just somebody playing the multiplayer mode, full UI up, and just seeing how they interact with the game, which I'm sure for a lot of people was really nice. They showed off some weapons that they hadn't previously shown. For me, I'm a big customized person. I love to customize my games. One would say that I waste a lot of time customizing my players and games that I play, but I found that very interesting. And I also liked the battle pass element that they activated. And it's basically every level that you level up in the battle pass, you get a free item and a premium item. So every level, everyone's getting something rather than this touch and go, you know, every five levels, every 10 levels, the people without the battle pass get a little freebie. And I think that from a monetary standpoint, hopefully we'll get them some goodwill. Uh, I know it does on my end. I'm probably, I'm definitely going to play the uh, multiplayer for Halo Infinite. And I'm going to wait out for reviews of the Halo Halo Infinite campaign. Because I know fans are very critical of what they see next. And I have to really understand what the reaction is to it first. Because good or bad, I expect a lot of uh, hyperbole. I need to know exactly what I'm looking at. So I'm excited for this one to drop. As soon as we have a release date, I'll be sure to let you know, but Microsoft seems to be holding their cards pretty close to the chest. But I'm anticipating, of course, they said holiday 2021, so I'll hold them to their word. You will have it before Christmas, before December even. I don't think they would release it in the first week of December. Next, we have the Anna Perna Showcase. Now, if you're not familiar with Annapurna Interactive, they are one of my favorite publishers. They just create really creative games. They put out games that I can honestly say a good portion of them are one of a kind. Uh, there were four games there that I personally found very interesting. Uh, the first one that they showed was Neon White. This is the latest game from Ben Esposito. You may know him from Donut County if you've played that. It's a fan favorite in my household. And this is, I would say, uh, how he described it was a card-based speed run game. It reminded me a lot of Ghost Runner in the pacing, um, but it's a lot more platformy um, with, I think, uh, less penalty for getting hit. So you, uh, you may have a health bar. I may be incorrect, but it's a speed run based game. And I guess the point system is based on how quickly you get through the run. Um, And I'm excited to see it. There was also some dating sim elements, which were weird enough. Apparently, you play the game enough and you unlock new content. You unlock different uh, relationship options with different characters. So 
a very weird mix of genres uh, from Ben Esposito, but I, I love his work. I've seen his work before, and I'm excited to see how this is received from the community. And then we saw Solar Ash, which I know got a lot of people excited uh, at E3 this year. Solar Ash is the platforming game where you're kind of skating through space, uh, like roller skating, if you will. Um, and it looks like a pretty interesting platformer. The art style is something to get used to for me. But I'm very curious to see uh, what happens when it comes out, because I know in the indie space, this was something that a lot of people were hoping to get a better look at. Uh, this is going to be coming out on October 26th. Next, they showed the Outer Wilds Echoes of the Eye DLC. It is the one and only DLC that Outer Wilds is going to be putting out. I'm not super familiar with Outer Wilds, but from what I know, they have a feverish fan base. I've played it a little bit, um, but who knows? Maybe this will get me to go back in. And then lastly, we had Stray. Now, Stray was my favorite thing that I saw from E3 this, what, no, last year, I think. Stray is a game where you play as a cat. It is a cat RPG. <laughs> there are no people in the game, and it has, like, this cyberpunk aesthetic to it. It sounds super, like, cutesy and uh, whatever, but, like, go and watch the trailer for it, and it actually looks like a very well-put-together, realistic art style. It actually looks like it might have some some decent gameplay to it. I would like to see more mechanics. Um, I'd like to see more information on it. But this has a release window of early 2022. As far as when all these games are going to come out, just anticipate from now on on this show, when you get a release date, expect all of these to be, to, to be determined. Because at this rate, there have been so many game delays that I don't want it to affect people's perception of the game itself. So let's hope that all these games come out in the window that they expected them to. And I'm rooting for Annapurna because they are a wonderful publisher that I want to continue seeing success in the space. Moving on, let's go into the streets are talking. This is our rumors and leaks segment of the show. The streets are talking. So first things first, let me get this Amazon New World news out of the way if you have a graphics card that you care about i suggest not downloading the new amazon mmo new world because it has been reported to be bricking different graphics cards it's currently in closed beta so it's unlikely that if you're hearing this right now that you're actively playing it um, but in case you are or once the beta does open up i would suggest not downloading not playing this game as of yet because from reports that we've seen across Reddit and different social media platforms, NVIDIA RTX EVGA 3090 FTW3 models specifically, I know that was a lot of words, but if you have an EVGA 3090, I would suggest you go ahead and be very wary of this game um, and wait and see if you're an MMO fan. Definitely wait at least until launch. Amazon has denied the claims, but they also distributed a patch. Uh, from what I understand, for some people, it was bricking their entire graphics card. So I'm hoping that this doesn't become a rampant issue, but uh, let's just say Amazon really needs a win, and this is not how you want to open things up by having your program brick the most uh, expensive and hard-to-get graphics card on the market right now. But... That's enough of the PSA announcement. Let's get into the PlayStation redesign news because this, 
I saw all over the place. People were losing their mind over this PlayStation 5 redesign. Um, this comes from PlayStation Universe. Now, the leaks come from an official Sony Japan website. There is a new PlayStation 5 redesign. Its model number is CFI1100B01. Now, the main difference between this and the original SKU is the new models are going to be about 300 grams less in weight than the original PS5 digital. Now, this is only a change to the digital from what I understand, but this redesign is likely related to supply chain shortages. This is also just a note to everybody. Every games company, every console manufacturer makes little tweaks here and there that aren't necessarily publicized, aren't necessarily announced. I think this story is getting a lot of attention because it's really hard to find, virtually impossible still, to find a PlayStation 5, and they're already sending out redesigns. A lot of the people you hear saying that from bigger channels are kind of like half-joking. They understand what's happening. It's to address supply chain shortage. I, they're trying to get all of us more PS5s. They're trying to make more available on the market and trying to match their their demand. Don't freak out. We'll see if there's any substantial differences between the two models, but my guess is is that there won't be. If anything, they took out a few screws, a, a little reduced plastic, perhaps they changed one aspect of one component, but there's so much going on in there. Until we get our hands on it, there's no point in drumming up rumors and speculating on whether or not this is a PlayStation 5 Pro or Play PlayStation 5 Slim. This is nothing like that. So if you have a PlayStation 5 or you're looking for a PlayStation 5, don't worry. I doubt you missed out on anything. Keep an eye out on channels like Digital Foundry. I'm sure they're going to do testing and break down the system and dig into the console and really explain what's going on on the in internals if that's something that interests you. Next up, we have the chip shortage story. Now, for those of you who have been following the supply chain shortage as it relates to chips, you probably have. That's why you can't find the consoles you're looking for, the graphics cards you're looking for, etc. Well, it looks like that originally had been planned or planned, had been estimated to be running from now until early 2022, mid-2022. Something like that. I think Q3 was the latest estimate. Well, according to Intel CEO Pat Gelsinger, it may extend well into 2023. Now, this is on an earnings call via GameSpot. I'm going to read you a quote from exactly what he said. Um, quote, while I expect the shortage to bottom out in the second half, it will take another one or two years before the industry is able to completely catch up with demand. Now. This is not great news, but my guess is a company like Intel is preparing for the worst, preparing their investors for the worst. Again, this came on an earnings call, so take everything with a grain of salt. Remember the audience that they're speaking to. They're not talking to gamers. They're not talking to PC builders. They're talking to people who are uh, trying to see their stock price go up. So I think setting expectations for the future is important, and I think my hope is that 2023 will all be able to go find consoles fairly easily. I don't think this means that there will be a barren wasteland where there's no tech anywhere. 
I just think that it's going to be a very slow roll back into normalcy in terms of availability, in terms of supply for a while, which is kind of weird considering we've had four consoles come out in the last 12 months or either come out or be announced in the last 12 months. It's really stretching the consumer, but it's also really stretching these companies. And you can tell it's stressing them out because they're telling investors to brace for a, a, a long recovery. That's no joke. Let's see if another company like AMD, NVIDIA, Sony, Microsoft, another manufacturer, or even another just a chip manufacturer comes out and says similar things, then yeah, we're, we're probably looking at 2023. I personally am not planning on building a PC for a couple of years now. I thought that by the end of this year, I'd be able to. No, maybe by the end of next year, potentially the beginning of 2023. That is a hard, hard realization to, to let sink in. Let's get into the real, and then uh, we're going to go get into some August releases. Let's see what else is coming out this month. So first things first, on the real, this is our movie and TV news. First story is Michaela Cole. She has been cast in Black Panther 2. Now, if you're not familiar with Michaela Cole, she is the creator, the writer, the director, the actor, and the executive producer of I May Destroy You on HBO. It is a great show. I do suggest you go out and watch it. This late young lady is a phenom, and the more I read about her, the more impressed I am with her, and I'm sure that she is going to do great in whatever role she gets in Black Panther 2. What could she be playing in that movie? I do not know yet, but all the guesses are Storm. Storm from the X-Men. If you're not familiar with the comics, before she was in the X-Men, actually had a romantic relationship with T'Challa, and so they could play on some of those stories. So I'm curious at, to see if we're going to get an introduction of a, a mutant in the MCU, but I think that's wishful thinking. I think every time a new project or a new actor is cast in one of these MCU movies, everybody, and I do mean everybody, guesses it's going to be a mutant X-Men somebody. So everybody cool your jets or, or Fantastic Four. Everybody always is guessing Fantastic Four. At this point, I just can't wait to see the first trailers or the first sneak previews of this film. I just want to see any information about this film. I know they just started shooting. They just started production um, in the last couple of weeks. So who knows, man? I, I can't wait to to get even just ah, just some costumes or, or something. I really want to see the direction they go in. And hopefully this next Black Panther movie won't be entirely somber. Hopefully they can be celebratory rather than just sad. In our next story, we have a story about another Black Superman project. Now, this story is different than the Black Superman project that was uh, reported out a couple of months ago. Now, according to Collider magazine, Michael B. Jordan is developing a Val Zod Superman project for HBO Max. Those of you who are not familiar, Val Zod is the Black Superman. Uh, for all intents and purposes, there's Valzad, there's a couple other, there's Steel, there's Icon, different iterations of Superman, but Valzad is like the black Superman. He is the other Kryptonian. So according to Collider Magazine, 
Jordan's production company, Outlier Society, is said to be currently working on the project and has hired a writer. I'm really, really juiced to see how this turns out. I don't know much about Michael B. Jordan's decision-making as like a producer or owner of a production company, but I am always happy to support black business and I, I want to see more black people, more black projects, and hopefully this can turn into something substantial. It's not said whether it was a TV show or a series, but I believe it's going to be a series. Either or, I hope that it gets a lot of support and I can't wait to see who they cast as Valzad. I think a lot of people were thinking that Michael B. Jordan was going to play Valzad. I don't know if that's the case. I don't even necessarily know if I would want him to play a Superman. I know he could, but I think he does a stronger acting job when he's not playing the hero necessarily, or not uh, such a, a classic hero, um, such a safe, let's say, character as a Superman. But who knows? I'd love to see creativity from him or any other black man who can play Valzad. I'd like to see Jonathan Majors. I know you guys heard me go ranting and raving about Jonathan Majors last week. Uh, for some more context, Black Girl Nerds reported out earlier, quote, Jordan has not wanted to engage in conversations about race-bending Cal-El for the same reasons many of the fans are pushing back on the current Warner Brothers uh, reimagined version of Clark Kent. But he would be interested in engaging on a Black Superman project centered around the Val Zod storyline. Now, if you're not familiar, this comes after the Warner Brothers announcement of a Black Superman project it's being produced by J.J. Abrams and written by ta Coates, and they're looking for a black director, and supposedly it's supposed to take place in the 20th century. Now, the big stink that was made about this a couple of months ago was the fact that Cal L, classic Superman, Clark Kent, at the end of the day, he is a white dude, and you don't need to race bend him when there is actually already a black Superman. There's multiple black Superman already so there's no need to race men when you can actually just tell a story that's already there um, and there's actually been a whole lot of mixed feelings from different people in the entertainment space around this black superman project from warner brothers um, i have yet to see any other news outside of a, an announcement from the valzad superman project the michael b jordan superman project but I am very curious to see, honestly, these two side by side, because I think ta Coates is a great writer. You know what I mean? I mean, you can argue whether you like his movies or not, but J.J. Abrams is a very successful producer, but we have yet to see who's going to direct, and same on the other side. We have virtually no information outside of what kind of story they want to tell, but early signs are saying that Michael B. Jordan is probably going to have more support from comic book fans just because the race bending where typically I would support race bending only because inclusion is is absolutely necessary. I think diversity is important, but when it's unnecessary because there's already characters who fit that role, it, it almost feels like you're pushing out the history of a Valzad, of an icon, of a different black Superman, an actual black Superman that already has a comic book history. You don't want to wash away their history just to put in a new guy who who 
hasn't already been an inspiration to so many. It's nice to be able to teach kids about comic book history through these films, through these different projects. And let's hope that they... Let's hope that Michael B. Jordan can find success in finding the correct team to accomplish his vision. And let's hope that Warner Brothers doesn't completely ruin this movie for Ta-Nehisi Coates, because his name is attached to it at this point. And I really would hate to see people badmouth him because of uh, production issues or director uh, decisions or anything like that. So keeping an eye on that, we'll see what happens with both of these different Superman, black Superman projects. I'm very excited to see what both of these projects turn into. And then our last little chunk of news before we get into the trigger warning topic for this week, it is the August releases. So here is what's coming out this month of August. First things first, we have Road 96. This is a cool little indie. It's a procedurally generated story where you travel across a made up country. This comes out on August 16th. I'm very excited about this one. I'm going to be playing this one with my roommates as soon as it comes out. Another one that I'm actually sure to download is 12 Minutes. Now, this is a narrative thriller where you are set to solve a murder mystery, essentially. The trick is is it is a time-repeating story where you relive the same 12 minutes over and over and over again until you solve the mystery of what is happening to you and your wife. I'm very excited for this one. I hope that there's enough there there for me to want to play this game over and over and over again. Um, and I hope it's a real fun experience because I've seen some films lately that are like this and there's been a lot of people playing with time lately and I, I can't wait for somebody to play with these elements in gaming in an accessible way. And again, this is coming out on August 19th. Next, we have Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut you heard about me talk about it last week. This is the new DLC. Uh, there's a new island called Icky Island. They're adding different PS5 features for those of you that have it on PS5, Japanese lip sync. I think they're adding more to photo mode, etc. I'm very excited for it. Don't know if I'm going to be picking it up quite yet, but I know everybody will be having this on their live streams this as soon as it comes out. So that's going to be coming out August 20th. Um, next, we have Aliens Fireteam Elite. This is another installment in the Aliens uh, <laughs> IP in gaming. Uh, this is going to be coming out August 24th, but what that makes this one different than Alien Isolation, Alien Isolation was much more of a thriller horror type game. This is going to be not quite a Left 4 Dead, but similar to a Left 4 Dead. It is another one of the four-player co-op casual shooter, let's say. You know what I mean? Zombie survival casual shooter type game. We have a lot of those coming out in the next couple months, so get used to that kind of game. If you want to jump in now and sink your teeth into something before Back for Blood comes out, maybe this might be a title for you. And then lastly, we have Psychonauts 2. Psychonauts 2 is a OG platformer coming from Double Fine Games, and I'm really excited about this one, mostly because I like games that are able to balance like good positive messaging, and not like corny positive messaging, but like creative positive messaging, and like fun gameplay, platforming and combat and things like that. It's really hard to thread that needle, and I think that's why it took so long for this game to come out. I think the last one came out like eight, ten plus years ago. 
and that's going to be coming out on August 25th. A couple of these games are going to be on Game Pass Day 1. I believe it's 12 minutes and Psychonauts 2, but this month, Game Pass is having a hell of a month. Go check out the list they've got. Uh, one specific one I do want to shout out just as an extra bonus, Raji uh, in Ancient Tale. I, I love that game. Uh, please go check that out. It's from an Indian developer overseas. Please go support them. I love, love, love seeing uh, small developers from smaller networks being able to make room for themselves in this in this gaming space of heavy hitters and hundred million dollar projects. So please go check that out. That one that one's fun. That has some cool combat. And then one last little bit of news that really kind of came in late. Uh, earlier today but Kenna Bridge of Spirits has been delayed to September I know this was one of the most anticipated games for PS4 PS5 this year I know this is going to disappoint a lot of people if you're not familiar it is I talked about it in my E3 preview a couple of weeks ago basically it is a game that plays or looks like it plays a lot like a God of War Ghost of Tsushima, Sony first party title, but with an aesthetic of a much more cutesy, soft edged kids game, but not with kids game mechanics. It looks like it actually has some strong puzzle mechanics. There are some Pikmin elements from what I understand. And I'm really excited because this game looks not only does it look really, really good, just visually, aesthetically, it looks impressive, but also, because narratively, I think it'll be something that people are going to be talking about. I think this is going to be a game that is a little gem for a lot of AA publishers. I think in the AA space, as small of a window as that is, I think Kenna Bridge of Spirits, when it does eventually come out, is probably going to be a darling in that space. So I want to see what happens to it. I hope that they're able to come out to a smooth rollout come September and well-received fan reception, because I know a lot, a lot, a lot of games got delayed this year. Hopefully, <laughs> gamers are getting used to setting their expectations a little a little more reasonably in terms of these game dates, these release dates, because they are fluid until further notice. So we're going to go ahead and cut it there as far as our weekly news. When we come back, uh, we're going to be jumping right into the Activision Blizzard lawsuit. So I'm going to go ahead and say goodbye to some of you. I know some of you won't be able to listen to the next portion of the show again if you're one of my younger viewers or if you are triggered by stories of harassment and assault. I do suggest you come see us next week and we'd love to have you. So come back and join us and we'll dig into it. Thank you. Okay, guys, welcome back. Now, this story ha dropped right as I was leaving town last week. As if you weren't with us last week, I had recorded on a Wednesday. I typically record on Thursday nights. So I've had a full week to take in all of the different information that came from this story this week. If you are unfamiliar, I don't 
quite know how because I'm pretty sure this story had hit the mainstream uh, by this time of this recording. It is Thursday, the 29th. If you're not familiar, California has recently filed a lawsuit against Activision Blizzard on the basis of discriminatory practices against female employees. Um, Now, that makes it sound kind of surface level, but as we will get into the story, you'll find out why it is much more than that. Real quick, too, I just want to give a shout out uh, to Legacy Killer HD. Please go check him out on YouTube because I think he did the most succinct, straightforward piece where he got almost all the details that I can think of that relate to this story in you know a short, relatively short amount of time. I did not go into every nitty gritty detail as I'm reporting on this story. I'm going to give you mostly facts, mostly quotes, and then a couple of different things from just my point of view and my perspective. Generally speaking, it's not going to be a lot of ranting and raving from me this week, um, mostly because I think if people want more information about the experiences of women in the corporate space, they should go speak to women and listen to women about their experiences in the corporate space. Moving on, let's go ahead and jump right into it. So, like I said, California filed a lawsuit against Activision Blizzard. I'm going to be reading from multiple sources, so follow me. Bloomberg Law reported, uh, this is last week, quote, Video game giant Activision Blizzard Incorporated, maker of games including World of Warcraft and Diablo, fosters a frat boy culture in which female employees are subject to constant sexual harassment, unequal pay, and retaliation, according to a lawsuit filed by the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing. A two-year investigation by the state agency found that the company discriminated against female employees in terms of conditions of employment, including compensation, assignment, promotion, and termination. The company leadership consistently failed to take steps to prevent discrimination, harassment, and retaliation, the agency said. The agency seeks an injunction forcing compliance with workplace protections, as well as unpaid wages, pay adjustments, back pay, and low wages, and benefits for female employees. So that is all to say, essentially, women were being kept from being paid fairly, from promotions, from being put on important projects, from not being uh, fired for unfair reasons, and they're wanting back pay for all of that, all of that behavior. Now, there are a couple of people, notable people who are named in the lawsuit. I want you guys to remember these people's names because these are the people who should be held responsible for this behavior. Obviously, there are a litany of other people, but I think these two people in particular are the ones who we are going to be holding accountable moving forward in these proceedings because this, like I said, this story is not going away. So first is Blizzard President J. Allen Brack. And then second is the main person being accused of a lot of the um, behavior as stated in the lawsuit. And that is senior, senior creative director of World of Warcraft, Alex Afraziabi. Now, uh, one more thing, according to the lawsuit, quote, women of color were particularly vulnerable targets of defendants' discriminatory practices. So after that, after the news dropped on the actual lawsuit, uh, we got a response from Blizzard denying the claims. Uh, I'm going to read you just a short bit from their response. Quote, the D 
F-E-H includes distorted and, in many cases, false descriptions of Blizzard's past. We have been extremely cooperative with the DFEH throughout their investigation, including providing them with extensive data and ample documentation, but they refused to inform us what issues they perceived. The statement continued. The picture the DFEH paints is not the Blizzard workplace of today, the company said. And then other executives from the company echoed the company's statement, including Fran Townsend, who called the allegations meritless. The lawsuit specifically, meritless. And uh, again, they went into this whole thing about this is why businesses are fleeing California and, you know, frivolous lawsuits and blah, blah, blah. Basically trying to brush these women off. I, I don't understand how they could be so blatant in their denial. Um, this either looks like it was written by a lawyer or a very, very misguided executive because when they say what issues they perceived, that says everything right there. According to the people making the statement, which I guess is the company officially, there is no issue. After this statement is released, ex-employees and industry insiders uh, come out corroborating a lot of these claims. Yeah, dude. A lot, if you were on Twitter uh, the, the day of, what would that be? F Monday? No. Friday, Saturday? The When Blizzard put out this statement, a lot of really respected industry insiders like Jess Corden and Jason Schreier came out saying different things uh, like, yeah, we knew this was going on. We've been talked about this uh, by different women who've worked at these companies multiple times. A lot of people, it seems like, knew this was going on and didn't say anything. And apparently this has been going on for some time without any of the leadership being held accountable. And that brings us to the petition. So there was a petition by uh, signed by Activision Blizzard employees standing against the company culture and reaction to the lawsuit. It got over 2,000 signatures in two days. It was released on Monday, um, and it was released to Bloomberg. Let's just say that Activision Blizzard employees are pissed about a lot of the statements made by the company, specifically what I read to you, but also, if you want to know a lot of what they're mad about, it is also what Fran Townsend had to say when she called the claims meritless, mostly because it looked as if the company was using a woman to try and be like, look, see, it's not so bad. Fran Townsend has only been at the company for four months. That's neither here nor there. I'm, I'm getting kind of away from it. They will get into it here uh, from the quote from the actual petition that I'm about to read you. Quote, we, the undersigned, agree that the statements from Activision Blizzard Incorporated and their legal counsel regarding the DFEH lawsuit, as well as the subsequent internal statement from Francis Townsend, are abhorrent and insulting to all that we believe our company should stand for. To put it clearly and unequivocally, our values as employees are not accurately reflected in the words and actions of our leadership. Our company executives have claimed that actions will be taken to protect us, but in the face of legal action and the trouble of official responses that followed, we no longer trust that our leaders will place employee safety above their own interests. It continues. 
We call for official statements that recognize the seriousness of these allegations and demonstrate compassion for the victims of harassment and assault. We call on Frances Townsend to stand by her word to step down as executive sponsor of the ABK Employee Women's Network as a result of the damaging nature of her statement. We call on the executive leadership team to work with us on new and meaningful efforts to ensure employees, as well as our community, have a safe place to speak out and come forward. We will not be silenced. We will not stand aside. We will not give up until the company we love is a workplace we all can feel proud of being a part of again. We will be the change, end quote. And again, this got over 2,000 signatures. After this, after this was released to the public, you watched Activision Blizzard's stock price drop 7%. Now, previous to this stock drop, previous to this coming out to the public, this um, petition uh, being passed around and signed, we got no word from CEO Bobby Kotick. But few hours after that price drop, after that 7% stock price drop in Activision Blizzard, CEO Bobby Kotick put out an investment a statement to investors calling his previous statements tone deaf. This is according to Forbes. He lays out five points they will implement moving forward to ensure that this doesn't happen again. So five points. One, employee support. Two, listening sessions. Three, personnel changes. Four, hiring practices. And five, in-game changes. Now, if it feels like I ran through those pretty quick, that's because each one had about one to two sentences afterward explaining what they did, but they were corporate marketing, legally safe bullshit. So after this, employees staged a walkout. This was already kind of in motion. The, the plannings of it was already in motion when the petition went out, but employees have staged a walkout on Wednesday of this week, just yesterday. And the demands they laid out, that being the walkout organizers, are as such. An end to mandatory arbitration clauses in all employee contracts, future and current. Arbitration clauses protect abusers and limit the ability of victims to seek restitution. Two, the adoption of recruiting, interviewing, hiring, and promotion policies designed to improve representation among employees at all levels agreed upon by employees in a company-wide diversity, equity, and inclusion organization. Current practices have led to women, in particular women of color and transgender women, non-binary people, and other marginalized groups that are vulnerable to gender discrimination not being hired fairly for new roles when compared to men. 3. Publication of data on related compensation, including equity grants and profit sharing, promotion rates, and salary ranges from for employees of all genders and ethnicities at the company. Current practices have led to an aforementioned groups not being paid or promoted fairly. Four, empower a company-wide diversity, equity, and inclusion task force to hire a third party to audit ABK's report structure, HR department, and executive staff. It is imperative to identify how current systems have failed to prevent employee harassment and to propose new solutions to address these issues. So, 
Lastly, to wrap up, today, just today, Ubisoft staff was showing support for Activision Blizzard employees with their own petition calling for industry-wide change and removal of all offenders from Ubisoft. This is according to gamesindustry.biz. Now, if you're not familiar with the Ubisoft stuff, we can get into that at another time. But again, I'm let's focus on Activision right now. Um, but this does come after reports of Ubisoft Singapore devs experiencing sexual harassment, toxic management, and bad pay. That is according to a Kotaku story that just broke this week. So it seems as though gaming is having its own little Me Too movement. Me Too moment, for that matter. This, this story for me was difficult to report on, mostly because it's one of the few things that really, really, really bug me about the gaming industry and entertainment in general. I love media, I love entertainment, I love movies and, and, and TV, I love music, I love uh, fashion, I love uh, books, I love games, I like it all. But the one thing that I really, I truly cannot stand about all of these different industries, and it's something that gaming has a hard time wrapping its mind around being included in, is how pervasive and persistent sexual assault and sexual harassment is in the space and for a long long time gamers gaming companies gaming developers fans all have felt like they were excluded from it because they're the nerds they're not the cool kids that's not really how um this kind of behavior works you can you can find this in most professional settings, most corporate cultures in America up until recently, and I would argue still right now today, if this Activision Blizzard lawsuit is any evidence of. So I'm not going to go too long into my opinion on the matter, mostly because I think we should be listening to women and having them dictate how they would like to be treated moving forward in professional settings, in public settings, in social settings, whatever, period. I don't think that should really be up to us. And I, I do want to address the men specifically who listen to this podcast, the young men specifically who listen to this podcast, because I know a lot of y'all who, who are hearing this right now are going to tune me out, never come back. That's fine with me. But for those of you who do value this program, who do value programs like mine, if you do want to be an ally, if you do want to be somebody who supports women who find themselves in these situations or women in general just fighting for equal pay and equal treatment in in life, <laughs> in society, specifically in corporate culture, because this this is not okay behavior. I'm not trying to avoid using words like disgusted because I think even though I am, I think the the level of surprise is what's pissing me off the most. It's almost like, um, and I hate to make this analogy, but in some ways it is. When I see a person of color uh, killed by the police and people always clutch their pearls and they're, they're so shocked, not in my country. Oh, oh God. Stop, stop acting surprised. Stop acting surprised every time you hear this. How many times do we have to hear this for people to understand that this is the norm until we change it, until you get up and do something about it, until you're willing to come out and speak out about it. 
that is what normal is. It is your country. That is your company. That is your environment, your community. And you have to stand up and say something. Be a community member if you care about the space. I think that's really what a lot of this comes down to is dignity and respect. A little reminder to a lot of you, HR is there to protect the company. There were references to a very infamous suite. There has been a infamous picture that has been passed around. Uh, If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. If you know, you know, you can look it up yourself. But in that photo, an HR director was found in the party suite at at Activision Blizzard at the time that some of these, these allegations were happening. So when I say HR is not there to protect you, please believe me. (laughs) HR is not there to protect you. That is why they talked about arbitration agreements, uh, arbitration clauses being struck from their contracts because it's a way to protect uh, abusers. Another thing I I, I would want to say to young men out there is like, look, man, listen to women, but don't expect them to hold your hand through their experiences and tell them every little detail about how to treat them, treat them like a human being. And more than that, seek out information on your own and listen to those who are willing to share with you because not every woman is going to be willing to share with you their life, their opinion, their thoughts, their feelings about anything and they shouldn't have to. Not unless they feel like it. And if they do, make room. If someone does share with you their experience in the workplace that that mirrors this or similar to this, any kind of sexual harassment, sexual assault, don't spread their business. That's not your business to, to tell. Be a support system. Don't accelerate the problem. Don't throw gasoline on the fire trying to help. Don't out somebody if that's not something that they're willing to do. If they're not willing to step through that doorway, don't push them through. And if you don't understand what I'm saying, then shut up (laughs) when somebody is trying to share with you their experience. Just listen. You don't got to, you don't got to talk. No one needs, no, you don't, you don't need to have an opinion at that time. Perhaps somebody just needs a support system. And more than that, stop tweeting about it. You didn't see me tweeting a lot this week, mostly because this story had me sick to my stomach. I didn't have a lot to say about it. I didn't have a lot to give to the conversation. I just wanted to support who I could. Be a support system, man, to a real person in your real life. All that internet culture, that's dope. I love it. I love seeing people being able to find communities that speak to them outside of their physical space. I I, I get that outside of their, you know, their immediate radius. I I dig that. I love that. But be a actual support system to a real person in your real life. That makes a difference. Period. And lastly, bro, don't make it about you. Don't make it about you. I have a bad habit of doing this because I get upset. I get upset when I hear about these stories and I want to do something about it. And it's like, How about you wait for direction and not make it about you? How about you support the avenues? I'm actually going to share with you some different organizations that you can dedicate your time, energy, money to um, if you do want to support. But don't make it about you, man. Don't make it about how you feel today. 
BA, BA support system in a real way. Here are a couple of organizations that I saw passed around the internet this week, passed around Twitter by different organizers and different people who are trying to um, show support in the space. So if any of these sound interesting to you, please go check them out. Black Girls Code is an organization that teaches young women of color, specifically black girls, how to code. Uh, girls Who Code, again, is like Black Girls Who Code, but it is extended to all women, all young ladies. Rain is an organization that helps uh, women going through domestic violence situations. Future Without Violence is an organization hoping to prevent and uh, stamp out all acts of violence, both at home and in the workplace. We also have Women in Animation. It is an organization that helps promote women getting into professional roles in animation, as well as teaching them building blocks in order to move forward in their career. Women in Gaming International is exactly what it sounds like. It is supporting women in gaming internationally. They are a wonderful organization. Please go check them out. Please go check out and support any of these organizations. Because that, putting your money where your mouth is, putting your time and your energy where your mouth is, is an important thing. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this story. I did not want to get into the nitty gritty details, mostly because I don't feel like re-traumatizing any of my viewers. We can get into the specific allegations of what exactly happened, but you can go to different sources for that information. I've already given you one, Legacy Killer HD on YouTube. He does a wonderful three-video uh, piece on all the different things that have been happening this week with Activision Blizzard. And at the end of the day, I just want every one of my female viewers to know, like, please reach out to somebody in your life if you need help. You are not alone. You don't have to do it alone. I hope that you don't feel like you're on an island. And please tell me, tell us how we could do better. Thank you. Now, let's go ahead and end the show here with the shout out of the week. It is... <laughs> Quite a bit lighter. We're going to give out a give a shout out to two special young ladies who have been competing in the Olympics this year. Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka. Now, Simone Biles pulled out a competition for mental health reasons. According to her, she had the twisties. Now, two things I want to talk about. If you're not familiar with the twisties, apparently gymnasts lose track of where they are in the air, and that can be very dangerous. She could have hurt herself. Many, many, many gymnasts push through this discomfort, this inability to track themselves for the sake of competition. And I'm proud of Simone Biles for saying no, for taking her rest. Knowing what you're capable of and knowing what you're not capable of is one of the few things that many people never learn. And more than that, as a black person in America, black American, I'm proud when I see another black American be able to take a rest, take a break. We deserve a break. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard being even as successful as this young lady is at the age she is. It's still her experience has been arduous. And I'm proud of her for for saying what she needs and not what the world wants from her. In the face of the whole world, she said, uh-uh, I'm good. Y'all got it. And hyped up her team and didn't leave them hanging, inspired them. And they went out, one of those young ladies went out and got a gold medal. 
It's a beautiful story. I, I salute Simone Biles. And then Na- Naomi Osaka, earlier this year, she just actually left the uh, Olympics in the first or third round, I believe. But she was pulled out of the French Open earlier this year after refusing to do post-match press conferences for mental health reasons. Now, Naomi Osaka at the time, I believe, is 19, and she decided for herself that she was refusing to do something that was a detriment to her mental health, despite all these grown-ass men coming after both these young ladies for a lack of competition or a lack of toughness or heart or whatever. And at the end of the day, I'm proud of both of these young women for saying fuck that to all those people. And taking what they need for them because they matter and they're important. With that, I just want to leave y'all with a, a you know a message to holla at me. Hit up the show. Send me questions. I check my email all the time. I hear nothing from y'all. Hit me up on Twitter. I hear nothing from y'all. Send me what do you think I should be talking about in our next trigger warning of the week. Tell me what do you think is going to come out of all of this Activision Blizzard nonsense. Holla at me, man. What are you excited about this month for August releases? I know for me, I'm going to be playing 12 minutes. Uh, I might do it all in one shot, quite frankly. I'm excited. I might take a whole day and just beat it in one day. But you can reach out to me or the show at whackops at gmail.com. That's W-H-A-C-K-O-P-Z at gmail.com. And you can reach me on Twitter at my Twitter handle, whackops, again, W-H-A-C-K-O-P-Z. Please subscribe. Please share all that good stuff. Please support the show. It really does help our growth. I know we're very new. You're getting in on the ground level. Things are a little rough, but we're learning. And I hope that you're appreciating the product that we're providing to you. Next week, I certainly hope will not be as serious as this week. This week definitely, I think, whooped a lot of us from an emotional (laughs) standpoint. And let's hope that some change comes out of this. But with that being said... I will see you next week. I am Whack Ops. This is Hardcore Casual. Have fun. Be cool. Stay dangerous. Dangerous.